0: For me, I can go in the pool and I can unwind, enjoy it, come out and you feel a bit better. Hello and welcome to Find Your Force. This podcast is here to help you find your true career potential. I'm your host, Hope, and in this season, we're talking all about sport and how it can help you find your true career calling. Whether you're taking the first or next step in your career, Our advice and stories are here to help you find your force. In this episode, we're diving in into the world of swimming and talking about how it can help you with employability. To help you with this, I'm joined by Olivia, who's going to be telling us about her story. Let's go. Do you think, had you not played football, you would be as good as you are at your job? (laughs) She said she was good. Yeah, have a, I just do the pedals and you do the wheel? <laughs> well, you need to let go of the pedals first. Oh, all that beat you. I'll go for a rest. So, Olivia, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. First things first, where did this love for swimming come from? So I initially started swimming as a toddler. Obviously, parents naturally took me to sort of learn to swim... Worked my way through that, obviously then started competing at club level. As I then got better, I sort of went on to Midlands, eventually finished at National, so sort of done it for my baby all the way through. It's amazing how a life skill, which your parents teach you when you're young, just in case anything happens, yes. has become such a, a huge part of your life. Oh, it's incredible, honestly. like Obviously, every parent wants a child to swim, more for the safety. And then, obviously, as you build your way through and sort of... You realise that a lot of the skills that you learn and do throughout life probably does come from sport, and obviously for me, swimming. Well, talk to me more about those skills then, especially being a younger person when you started. Yeah. What kept you in the water? What kept you kind of pushing for going through the ranks and winning competitions or what have you? So I think obviously the most important when I was younger was the enjoyment of it and sort of the friendships that you build. Naturally, with that, obviously when you're doing well, you build new confidence. That naturally spreads. Um, at the same time, you sort of become a bit more robust than necessarily I would be without. You're sort of doing sessions all the time. Sessions that you don't like, obviously, when you go to competitions, you'll win some you'll lose some, you might get disqualified. So it's just sort of learning how to deal with little things then that obviously you can then take forward and build on throughout. It's interesting you use the word robust and you talked about not always winning yeah. because that is something that we all face in life generally, but also in terms of employment, you might go for a job that you, you don't get, someone else gets it, so it's about teach that kind of resilience. Have, have you seen those early skills in the role you're doing now? Yes, yeah, so obviously not everything that I've done I've sort of passed first time, so obviously a lot of things I'd like to say, yeah you have, but it isn't always sort of all singing or dancing. Um, when I initially joined the RIS, I obviously went through to the AFCO and the role that I wanted to go in, they they deemed me unsuitable only because it was closed at the time and they were fully recruited. But at the time when I was deemed unsuitable, I didn't have the explanation of these are the reasons why. So I sort of was like, oh no, I've not been like, well, I'm not good enough to join. And then my mum was like, no, don't be silly. Just go again and you'll be fine. So it sort of bouncing back from that was... Yeah, and having that support from your family to actually make you question actually it's not personal about me lacking something it could be something else yeah totally especially my mum's always been like a massive support with that so obviously you will face things that you don't always succeed at straight away but I think it's about the support network that you have around it as well that can influence so your family were very supportive of the swimming aspect yeah were they supportive about you joining the Royal Air Force so it didn't come as a shock to them so my auntie was in the RAF obviously many years ago so I sort of expressed that I wanted to go into the military. At the time, I didn't know if I wanted to join the Army or the RAF. It was more my mum that sort of said, have a look into the RAF. more so for the career and obviously the opportunities and qualifications that they give you straight away. So I sort of, I'd say they're pretty encouraging in terms of not pushing me into the military, but letting me do what I wanted to do. You spoke about a role that you went for initially, yeah. that you were unsuitable for because it was full. Yeah. Then what happened? So I sort of had a six-month wait, obviously, between being deemed unsuitable to obviously then going back. But when I obviously went back, um, I, was, I could do pretty, not a, any job, but I had quite a lot of jobs to choose from. And obviously at the time at the AFCO, they sort of says, is there anything specific that you want to do or be able to do? Sport was that thing. And they said, here's a list of options which are sort of good for for sport. And that's obviously where my trade career, obviously, with the logistic profession came in. AFCO... What is Afghan, So AFCO is the Armed Forces Careers Office. Cool. So anyone else listening to this who is in the force yeah. will know that, but I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay, so sport was definitely decided then about what you wanted to do. Has it always been swimming or have you tried other things? Swimming was a massive thing growing up and then sort of as when I reached secondary school, I got selected to go on a World class Start trial thing for rowing. Obviously from there, I passed that and then rowed at Nottingham all the way through good GB trials and so on, up to under-23s. So it's not always been swimming, but it has always been water. What is it about the water that you like? I honestly wouldn't be able to tell you. uh, Probably the fact that I'm I'm not a bad runner, but I'm not a great runner. I sort of prefer water sports, so... Is there a kind of calming or relaxing part of being in the water? Because for me personally, if I've ever had maybe a time where I've been struggling with mental health or what have you i found swimming really helps me feel nice and calm. Yeah. Do you feel like it keeps you kind of sane? Totally, so like obviously if you have a bad day, and obviously you know that you're training later on, you sort of, you look forward to getting to training. Obviously positive endorphins and all that sort of thing that comes along with it. But in the pool, when you're in there for like 60, 60 minutes, 90 minutes or so, it's just you. So obviously you're training, you're focused on your training. You don't really have to think about anything else that's going on. So it's almost that for me, you can go, I can go in the pool and I can unwind enjoy it, come out, and you feel a bit better. So you spoke there about how kind of by yourself when you're there. Yeah. Obviously, team skills are important when you work for any employer, but especially in the Royal Air Force. But you are in this world by yourself. You go to bed by yourself of your own thoughts every night and your career is yours. So has it helped you kind of know yourself more, if if you like? I think it has. I think obviously swimming can sort of navigate in so many different ways and obviously you have the self-discipline, self-motivation obviously the drive in order to succeed obviously you can transfer that from wanting to win events wanting to win medals, obviously personal bests to sort of in your career obviously aiming to do the best you can trying to get promoted trying to find the jobs that you want to do and that you sort of will enjoy rather than sort of waiting around for them Yeah, you're on your own path it's your own, isn't it? Even though, obviously, so when you sort of you swim your race individually, obviously you'll then get your team points, and obviously that will transfer. So even a lot of my job roles, I can work on my own. I can also work as part of a shift with a team. So I think not only you have the ability to be able to work on your own and operate on your own effectively, you can also then transfer your skills to be part of a bigger team. How important are goals to staying motivated? Because some people find their motivation goes woo, 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 depending on what's happening in their lives so how do you keep motivated so i think the big thing for me is obviously goal like obviously with any sort of goal setting i've sort of got ones where i can achieve maybe i don't know in six months time things that i would then like to achieve in a couple of years and then ultimately where do i see myself probably in 10 years time so i think it's about making sure that they're realistic but also having little goals to tick off which will obviously then You'll be able to achieve your bigger goal. When you're goal setting, do you write it down? How would you encourage people who are listening or watching this to, to set those goals and make those plans? So I think for me, uh, obviously I do write it down. Initially it probably starts with a chat, whether that goes with my mom, but then your colleagues at work, my social network, sort of have a chat with them, discuss where I want to be and then at the end of it I'll say, right, that's what I want to do. I'll then write it down and sort of go for it. For you, your purpose of being a swimmer mm-hmm. helps you find your role. Yeah. If someone watching this is thinking, well I do like swimming, but I'm not I'm not that good at it. I don't know if I joining the Royal Air Force I'd be good enough to bring the swimming into it, what would you say to them? I'd say you don't have to be good at swimming, but obviously if people want us to join the Royal Air Force and get involved in swimming, the RAF Swimming Association is so open, it's open for all abilities. Not only have you got pool swimming, you've got your water polo, diving, open water swimming, that all comes into that federation, but I was obviously nervous when I joined and I was a swimmer, but for anyone that hasn't swam before or people that are looking to build on it, it's just an open sport for anyone, and they're so welcoming. And that federation, is that kind of like a a community where anyone can make friends and join in? Yeah, so a lot of... It's quite funny, really. A lot of my friends that obviously I'm quite close with in the RAF I probably from my sport sides, a lot of them are swimmers, but obviously it just depends on what sport I'm doing at the time. But it's open, I think, as well. If you're at a unit, you're sort of stuck with those people day to day, whereas when you're taking part in sport, no matter what sport it'll be, you've got people coming together from different units. So it opens you up massively. So when you then get posted to a different unit after three to five years, obviously there might be they might then go to a different unit and you know someone there so it's automatically building relationships and it's a bit not a safe space but it's a bit easy to go to a different unit knowing that you might already know someone there and you've got something in common haven't you yeah totally and it's easier especially you might go to work obviously sometimes you'll think oh, i am drained or you just sort of need a bit of encouragement but if you've got someone at a unit that has a similar mindset to you you in the evenings you can go to the gym you can go swimming you can do your sport and it sort of it just makes everything a lot better and a lot easier I wanted to ask you actually about kind of the fitness side of things because I try and go to the gym, but my cardiovascular isn't brilliant. Yeah. Do you have to train outside of the pool in, in like a, on a treadmill or what have you to get your fitness up, or is it just in the pool? So for me, in terms of to compete at so in the majority of fitness does come from the pool. Obviously, you do need to be fit, but there's a slight difference. I totally find it between fitness and pool fit. I will go out running, I will go on the walk bike, I'll go on the row machine, I will lift weights in the week. But as well, when it's especially coming up to like the build-up of inter-services and any sort of swimming competitions, the main focus is getting sort of timing more and more in the swimming pool. And what about nutrition in terms of the, the diet and the food that goes with it? You're laughing. Yeah. Why? <laughs> it's easy for me to sit there and say, obviously, you have to be healthy 24-7 every day of the week. I, Monday to Friday, I do try and be good. Obviously, I'll try and sort of High protein, obviously I won't ever cut out carbs because of the sport that I do. But obviously you need to be mindful of what you are eating. I laughed because I love chocolate and sweets, so it's sort of that, yeah, I can't preach and just say, yeah, you must have a complete clean diet. But I think it's important, obviously, to have that relatively sort of healthy lifestyle. But that comes with the environment that you're in. The Royal Air Force does really support fitness, doesn't it? It does, obviously. It is a massive push. Every year there's inter-services in pretty much most sports. So, obviously, we'll compete against the Army and the Navy. And obviously, see who comes out on top. Uh, but they just encourage that healthy lifestyle and, obviously, being fit. Because if we do deploy, we are expected to go away. And, obviously, you don't know where you're deploying to. So, that fitness side is pretty much always there. Have you been involved in those competitions into services? Yeah, I was actually in services last week. So, how do you know? We came second to the Army as a team. They are a bigger, sort of, obviously, service so it is a lot harder, especially when we come up, to the, come up against the army. It is harder to sort of get the points. I think they've got a bit more selection to go from. But the men's water polo, they won. So they managed to win again. I think it's 20 years now that they've managed to win the title. Well, uh, the women's water polo, they lost to the army in a score. I think it was 17, 18. So that was the closest yet. And then obviously in the pool, we did quite well. So. But you know what they say, first the worst, second the best. Yeah, totally. And we'll have them next year. So. There you go, have them next year. Yeah, I love that. So what's the difference between a, a swimmer and an, an elite swimmer? Obviously, the fitness is going to be completely different. An elite swimmer, you could probably be expected to train 13, 14 times a week, if not more. Obviously, it depends on your job, where you're at, or if you are classified as an elite athlete, where you're not actually currently doing a job role. You're just employed to, obviously, be an elite athlete. The is always there in both of them. And obviously the one to be, want to be able to do it is obviously there. But I think obviously the expectations of the level that you should be participating at and what you should be achieving, that is probably the biggest difference with that. How far can you go within the sport? So in terms of in the RAF and swimming, you can pretty much go probably all the way to the Olympics if someone had the potential to. We don't actually have that many young swimmers at the moment obviously coming up. It is something that obviously would be desirable, but we haven't got that. With us having a few older, when I say older athletes, probably 26 and over, you can go sort of World Masters, World Europeans, British National Masters. So there is so many different avenues that you can explore. But if someone wanted to and had the ability to go to the Olympics, for example, then obviously they can be supported throughout and go that far. Are the Royal Air Force doing anything to try and entice those younger swimmers to come in. So obviously in terms of the IF recruitment there is a massive sort of drive to get as many people in the door as possible and sort of show them what we do offer, what we do cater for. The IF Swimming Association has a massive sort of social media sort of publicity at the moment that they're trying to focus on getting the sort of outsourcers to view it and then promote the swimming from there but it just depends on that really. Do you think swimming as a whole is not as popular as it should be? I'd say yes, in terms of, if you compare it to sports like football, rugby, team sports, yeah. obviously, I think because there's more swimming clubs around, obviously, for the individuals growing up, it's easy for them to get into the grassroot level, whereas swimming, you sort of rely on going to a leisure centre, might be a bit further away from home, mm-hmm. but obviously, there's probably less participation there, but still is important. Talk to me more about what the Royal Air Force does to support swimmers like yourself. So, obviously, we all work pretty much I say a nine to five job, but we all do have a job, whether that be on shift or not. Line management, obviously, when we've got events coming up, so like my management, for example, will always release me to be able to go to the training weekends. Uh, I'm allowed half an hour in the mornings to go to the gym or come in half an hour later. Oh, brilliant. If I want to train in the morning. People that want to train in the afternoon or over lunchtime, they then can obviously have extended lunches or leave slightly early if they want to go to the gym or maybe to a sports club, they can sort of do that. Not a lot of employers, if any, would do that. No, and I think, obviously, people do take it for granted and we are extremely lucky that, obviously, within the RAF, we are given that opportunity to be able to do that. You do also have, obviously, joint works time. If you're at a main operating base, you've got sort of these squadron circuits where everyone from your squadron, so, for example, our supply squadron, it is a massive encouragement to go take part in your activity and, yeah, it's quite like a team-building activity as well. Which is so important in terms of employability, isn't it? That team building. Totally. Obviously, we are a massive team and we are expected to be part of a team. It allows us to sort of explore. get to know individuals, you sort of get to see other people's areas of strengths and weaknesses. You can then help them, build on them, and they obviously in turn can sort of help you as well. A swimmer, say, is listening or watching this. Yeah. What is the kind of key takeaway that you'd like to give them in regards to... Swimming is great and it can help you with your job because of this. I think the motivation and discipline, obviously any student watching it will know that when you're getting up at five o'clock in the morning to get in the pool, obviously there can be cold mornings, especially in winter, your self resilience and your motivation to get there. Obviously you take that in life with you and it's a lot easier to provide obviously when you're then getting into your job and putting that into obviously real life situations. So to date and Olivia, what has been the highlight of your swimming career? So the highlight of my swimming career in the RAIM is going to make a swim chance in twenty eighteen, so just say COVID, it uh, over in Poland when lots. are race the Italians, the Americans, Germans and so on. Uh, I actually won the fifth of line and then I mean then with me see how we did there as well. So that was pretty good. Would you have still loved it if you hadn't have won? Yeah, obviously I <laughs> I would have still enjoyed it if, I didn't, if we didn't win. But I think it's that thing of obviously going away in the world and being in to sort of enjoy and, and socialize with other countries in good. And of course, within the Royal Air Force, tell me about the role that you're currently doing. So I'm a logistics supplier, so obviously It pretty much speaks for itself on the supply side of it. I'm currently based at TSW, so Tactical Supply with. It's well-located Stafford and, and Avenue job over there is to provide robots and refuelers to helicopters. So what that essentially means is we're pretty much fuel specialists and we'll refuel helicopters, whether that were the or to men the penis, etc. cetera. We've it up. so the blades are still turning, and your main job will to by them and so the thing the process thing. Well, Olivia, thank you so much for sharing all your insights. And thank you to you for listening or watching this episode. Don't forget to subscribe for more episodes like this one. And why not share this with someone who needs to find their career potential.